Welcome to this Centrum podcast. For more podcasts or to join Centrum programs building creativity in community, visit us at centrum.org. I'm Michelle Haygood, and this is On Air, a podcast focusing on conversations with artists and creatives from Centrum's residency community. I am broadcasting to you from the lands and waters of the Coast Salish people in a place known as Katai to the Sklalem people and today known as Port Townsend, Washington. This podcast is focused on bringing artists together in community to explore the ways that place, process, and the personal intersect. We dive into the many ways that artists are responding to the current times, affecting change, and finding sustenance during health, climate, and social crisis. Join us and take an hour to be in residence and unpack your own relationships to creativity, time, and place. Thank you for being here and enjoy this episode. Hi, everybody. This is Michelle, and I'm recording this intro on a very windy and rainy day out here on the peninsula. And this all seems very fitting for a time of great changing. One of the things I love about the fall in general, and this year is one for the books. And at the time of this recording, it's November 2020. A lot has just happened. One of those things is that we've just finished with our seventh annual Emerging Artist Residency Program. And as I tell many people, this program is a really big part of what drew me to Centrum. This year, six artists from the greater Northwest region were juried into an opportunity to spend the whole month of October out here at Centrum. And this year we were, you know, able to take advantage of our setup that allows for isolation and outdoor community engagement um, on a small scale. So it was a huge joy to be able to offer this program during the pandemic in a way that felt both safe and restorative for the artist. And these artists took up residence in a variety of our historical and quirky buildings to carve out space for their um, very diverse practices. And as usual, I learned a ton and grew very fond of these people. And it's important to me to share that experience and through this podcast series, give you a taste of what it was like to visit their studios and listen in on the conversations that they were having and to learn about some of the, you know, experiences and influences that were driving them. And so for the next few episodes, we'll bring you conversations with these artists. And today we're starting with Russ Nacor and Chase Keatley, who decided to mask up and do an in-person conversation in our studio You will, I think, really enjoy hearing these two people who became fast friends talk, laugh, and 
find their way to talking about what is coming up for them as they are here in their studios. This was recorded just a couple weeks into their residency. And I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Rasnakor lives and works in Vancouver, British Columbia, and is a mixed media artist whose work explores alternate waves of addressing her identity as a Canadian of South Asian diaspora through an experimental painting practice. She graduated from the University of Waterloo, earning a BA with a major in fine arts studio specialization and the Emily Carr University of Art and Design, where she received a master in fine arts. Kaur was awarded many scholarships and recognitions, and this year she received a Burrard Arts Foundation Artist Residency in Vancouver, and is also the recipient of the Takao Tanabe Painting Prize for Emerging Painters in British Columbia, as well as the Idea Art Award. And Chase Keatley is a multidisciplinary African-Canadian artist whose work is based in the Black experience. He primarily investigates the mimicry and use of Blackness, like the appropriation of cultural practices and iconography rooted in the Pan-African ethnography. Through breaking down the identities, desires, and investments of non-Black people and how they live vicariously through Black culture, without actively dismantling the issues that coincide within its existence. In the summer of 2018, he started a community organization called the Black Arts Vancouver. Chase has dedicated a majority of his practice to the research on British Columbia's Black history in order to provide proper information and education in their workshops, as well as provide secure spaces for Vancouver's Black youth to not only learn about themselves, but where they stand in history apart from the white settler narrative. For this recording, because the artists were here, I was able to set them up in our studio and literally closed the door so that they could take over from there. And so this is what happened next. Perfect. Okay, here you go. Have fun. Well, this room is cool. Yeah. Um, definitely I like soundproofed. The here too. Huh? I like the lighting in here, too, with the one out. It kind of reminds me of the office that my therapist uses. <laughs> Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know if that's revealing or not. Um, No, it's definitely calming. I I feel like there should be like a salt lamp in here or something. Or a lava lamp. Or a lava lamp. Did we already have this conversation? I can't remember. Were we talking about lava lamps? I think so. Unless I'm imagining it and I had that conversation. Oh, yeah. Like talking about early 2000s and lava lamps. Oh, yeah. When we were in Gabby's studio. Uh, and we're like, oh, yeah, you need a, you need a lava lamp in here. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Oh, those are great. Oh, Anyways. man. I was, like, always afraid that it was going to, like, like break or something. The lava when, lamp? Yeah, because it just gets so hot sometimes. Yeah. And I used to get really impatient when I first plugged in the lava lamp. And I just expected it to, like, work right away. Yeah. And I was so disappointed. I thought, like, we bought a, my mom and I bought a broken one or something. And then my mom's like, no, like, you need to wait for it to heat up. And then it heated up. And it was, I was As so, you're like, oh, my God, this has been all day. Yeah. And you just stare at it. And I had, like, a magenta one, like, a magenta purpley awesome. kind of one. Yeah, it was it was good. 
like i would totally get one but i'm just like my my fear of like it like burning down my house is totally real yeah you know like i have so many of those fears like i have fears of like a light bulb breaking (laughs) you know (laughs) just like so many funny things that i'm just like why am i afraid of that like why is that a thing that like pops in my head it can happen i don't know yeah it could happen it has happened well it hasn't burned down my house but i mean like, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just like really clumsy that way like i remember uh the place that we just moved into kind of like was just like i just i didn't know the space i feel like when you don't know a space you're just like clumsy in it yeah you know what i mean yeah you're just like stumbling around you're just also just figuring out the space yeah you know i have a bad habit of like bumping my like hips into things or something oh, and it freaking hurts when i'm not used to like a countertop being somewhere or yeah. like a chair or, or even a wall or your elbow yeah elbow. oh god the elbow when my family and i moved out of um brampton and into like the farmhouse in caledon yeah there was in my little brother's room there was a, a step down into his bedroom and we've never had that in any house that we've lived in right and the amount of times that i had like tripped or almost fallen or stubbed my it's like insane because you're just not used to the space and like your mind hasn't created like this little mind map of like how to navigate the yeah. space yet you know yeah and then when you get comfortable in a space then it's almost like you can walk around with your eyes closed because you yeah. know spacing and right? you understand the space oh much better goodness. but anyways <laughs> Yeah, totally. Because, like, I I can think of, like, the first house that I remember I was, like, I think it was, like, eight years old. I know every single room. Yeah. You know? Um, What do they call that? Like, uh, your mind castle? No, it's something else. Mind castle? No, no, no. I've never heard that. No, 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 no. It's like uh, your mind fortress or something. I like Um, mind castle. Yeah, me too. It sounds you know a little stupid but it works um (laughs) but yeah so in this little place in your mind you like build um upon it you know what i mean like you you have like this whole mind map yeah of like places you used to live yeah and like i feel like it's unintentional but i feel like everyone does this where they kind of like dream of their their home right Mm -hmm. and they're like slowly designing it in their mind like i i have like your dream home you're talking about or like your actual home well no just my dream home um it's i don't know where it is right it's just a thing in my head like i just i have this big bay window yeah which i guess would be like the back room but then there's like two uh mirrored stairs that meet down to where this mirrored window is Whoa. and in that like there's like a little foyer area with this like big like armoire chair yeah that's like you know um some kind of fancy wood whatever but like everything's like dark wood and mm. it's like low lighting and then like um this backyard where this bay window is looking back there's like this kind of like foggy pond oh. you know and i'm just like god and it's like so well lit and i'm just like where did i think of this yeah you know like where does where does your mind take you to like create these things in you know well, and, I mean, in such detail though yeah but that's like that's also what we do when we make 
work or think about work, right? Like so many times people will ask me like, oh, you know, how did you even start this painting or where did this idea come from? And, you know, sometimes it's just like you you look at like a blank surface and then you just maybe it's also because like you've be, you you've used a material for so long, for example, like for me would be paint that I'm starting to understand how it behaves. I know how I can manipulate it. I know what I can add to it to, you know, alter the viscosity or I know how to create certain textures. And so just like when you're like when we're talking about, you know, our houses or our homes and, and we can close our eyes and start to see how to navigate the space. It's kind of like that with like making work. It's like you 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 can start to build this like imaginary space or this build this painting because you you have all the separate elements and you know how to use them and it's about like kind of like almost like employing them to start like create this creating this image in your mind or that's in your mind but getting it out onto a surface and understanding your surface and understanding scale like if you've worked at a certain scale for a certain amount of time you understand that that space does that make any sense yeah like, like i didn't really like think that that's how you thought directly about painting like as if it's like um almost employing your mind uh directly through like experiences mm-hmm. i mean that's how you're talking about it but i, I it sometimes it almost feels like for like when people talk about like painting and it's almost like they're really trying to convince themselves but i feel like you are like really employing like these ideas to like work through your paint and that i feel like that's so hard to do mm-hmm. you know well, what it's I mean? like it's it's like something that comes with like practice and like making right it doesn't just happen with one painting it happens over like a number of years and i feel like it's going to continue to happen and you and you you become like as time goes on and as you keep on practicing as an artist you become more like you understand the material better right like even now i'm thinking about there's a specific scale that i started working um at like when i was in the mfa program in emily carr and that's i have it in my mind it's like 12 feet by nine feet so it's it's a big surface but i now sometimes when i think about a painting i think about it in that scale because i'm starting to understand that scale because i've painted quite a few paintings at that size now and and so during the painting process you understand what areas of that surface are more complicated or difficult to get through because of like sometimes it's like you know the bottom left corner I know this section is difficult because I've worked on the skill many times and I know that this tends to like suck all the attention like of the painting like you you, I tend to get fixated on this corner so now I'm going to try to do things where that won't happen in this one or you know so you're like starting to kind of almost have like this mind map or this mind castle or whatever you called it of a surface like I know the word I just can't think (laughs) no I like like, mind castle yeah I do too (laughs) um but I don't know like do you think about like because you you work on lots of different types of surfaces right it's not just kind of painting or canvas or paper you know yeah. you also work like three-dimensionally so like i don't necessarily like know what it's going to look like though yeah like i feel like very few people that i've met can do that you know mm-hmm. and i feel like it's a skill that's really useful but i feel like it's also limiting in a way um 
like and what what I mean by that is that like I don't like to know what I'm making sometimes. Right. Just because I don't want to be employed by an idea that's like driving me through something. Right. I'm like more employed by a feeling because mm-hmm. I feel like feelings are feelings can like be made into di- many different things like it's never one thing. Yeah. You know, trying to describe a feeling like you know, you can describe it in so many different ways, you know what I mean? And I right. feel like you can keep that feeling and use it as your medium. Mm-hmm. You know, um and I think that's what guides me mm-hmm. through paintings. Yeah. Um, more specifically paintings. Mm-hmm. And then like through sculpture, I feel like it's more of like I'm trying to bring some some physicality to a feeling. Mm-hmm. Like um, like when I showed you that work um, in these structures, it... Can you describe the work a little bit? Yeah. So, okay. So it's like these wooden wooden structures that kind of are meant to kind of are reminiscent of like um you ever seen like houses in detroit how they're just like kind of like slowly being uh destroyed by just weather Mm -hmm. and just abandonment right yeah i kind of think of like houses like that um not in detroit um where i'm talking about houses more specifically where we're living in vancouver british columbia and some houses like are just left behind like i know there's this house uh right beside i think it's like the fraser hospital for Mm -hmm. children um can't remember the specific name but it's there's a house out there it's just like abandoned and i'm pretty sure there's somebody living in there i kept thinking about like how the land structure, for instance, between Maine and uh, Fraser, used to be a tea swamp for Indigenous people to pick up like herbs and ailments for uh, their, you know, um, for their families. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just find it so funny that they built on top of this because all the houses are like leaning. Mm. I lived in a house on 17th, and like sometimes when I walked into the house at night i couldn't see where i was going and it felt like i was like tripping right <laughs> you know because it was the house is literally <laughs> slanted like the house is sinking um so yeah i feel like that's what i was thinking about as well um when i was thinking about this idea of suspension right and what i mean by that it, i mean that like it's this feeling that i have when i think about not having control over how like where i'm living um my circumstance of living um racism um being also typecasted you know right or just like like filling filling a a space that could easily be filled by another black person um i think about all these ideas in my work and then i'm just like okay what is this feeling you know, am I guided by it or am I just being suspended, mm-hmm. you know? And then you can speak more literally about it, like, um, you know, has slavery ended, you know, over 150 years uh, post-slavery, you know? Um, I'd like to be able to differ, like, maybe not. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's just transformed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think about transformity um, as well. And then like the idea of transformity with um, literalness, I guess, for lack of a better word. But like, I would say that with these structures, I'm trying to uh, formulate a feeling of like losing a home. With the sculptures that you're making. With, yeah, with the sculptures. Okay. And I talk, I use these words called uh, titalectics. Um, and that's a word introduced by Wade Compton um, in the book that he edited called Blueprint. Um, and it, that word spe- specifically means like, it's like a palimpsest. Mm-hmm. So it's about this idea of like um, washing over an era. Mm-hmm. More like really like literally having a tide wash in, washing over an era, and it continues over time. And I feel like that's what's been happening to black settlements throughout North America, or not even just North America, just like in the African diasporic, you know, the the whole of it basically. Um, and when I talk about BC black culture, there's like almost non-existent Mm -hmm. they're almost non-existent um because um you know the whatever government or whatever um entity doesn't see importance in that and it's an interesting time too because like you know covid and um black lives matter and the you know things happening around the world like i i i one thought I'm having is like with Lebanon right now um, and just how how sad that is to me, mm-hmm. you know, and I just I can't help feel like like should I feel sorry for myself like while this is happening? Like it's just all happening all at once. It's like how do you how do you continue to like empathize with something like that? I don't know if I can because mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like, you know, because I've never had a home. That's kind of the idea, too, is that, like, we are transplanted, you know, in one place, and then we're forced to uproot ourselves and then find another place. And then we finally grab roots. But then when we finally grab roots, you know, we're forced out of another place. Mm -hmm. So it's this continual uh, pattern of being suspended in the air. Like you can't move you're just like you're in the same place specifically mm-hmm. just like this idea of like not being able to like ground roots you're just continually yeah. like searching yeah forever you know and, and it's like well so the other thing i'm interested in is because you grew up in Kelowna, right yeah and then moving Kelowna, the- british columbia yes and then so how much like how would you say like space and place has influenced your work, even just like coming here to this residency. And, you know, like when I'm thinking about a studio space, uh-huh. how do you, what what in your space makes you feel kind of grounded? Or how do you create a space with all this information that's around us and around you? How do you create a space that, you know, um, makes you feel um, comfortable to start making and thinking? And what is it about a space that kind of encourages like or brings out this like creativity in you because you've obviously decided to you know become like a visual artist so there's something about that visual medium like what is it that when did you realize that 
that's how you wanted to express all this information. I feel like because when you sit with an idea, um, it takes time, but then it the idea is there and it's present and it doesn't leave you. Right. So then you're just sitting there like wondering what this is and then you have to do something about it. Mm -hmm. um, so it starts there, right? But when you ask me about space and like what, where, what, like how do I transfer like my home into another space? Mm -hmm. I kind of create like an echo chamber mm -hmm. for myself. I also do that in my work, but I create an echo chamber for myself. Like I'll put blankets around the windows mm -hmm. or I'll try to make the space feel more at home. Nice. And I feel like everyone has this relationship to ceilings, you know, like in each bed that you have, it's like, okay, this ceiling is different. Mm -hmm. from the last ceiling you know right um and then when you close your eyes you go to bed you have you can think of all the places that you've slept that you've considered home for that time mm -hmm. um and there's something weirdly liberating in that like knowing that like you've had all these homes but not one home is technically your home at all and you're continuing to find that home. Um, and I don't know why, but I find that exciting to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I have this drive. And I feel like that's what makes me an artist. I have this drive in my work and in my life that uh, forces me to pursue to find a home. And uh, when I talk about my work specifically that I'm having here... I feel like that's what I'm searching for. I'm searching for a home within this information that I'm finding about like black settlers along the West Coast. But yeah, so when I think about that idea of home, I think that's what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of these people that may or may not have been here, you know, and without that, I don't think I'll ever find a home. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um and when I when you talk about Kelowna, I don't really have much connection to like where I lived. I feel like I have more connection to the to the people. You know, it, it may be BC Black history, but it's just Black people. You know, mm -hmm. um, that I'm looking for. You know, I'm just trying to find how they made it there, and if I can make it, or if they can make it, I can make it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like some kind of hope in that. I feel like when I think about your work, though, um, I think a lot about, like, scale. Yeah. You know, because um, you talk about, you know, how working in a space is so, so informative for you. And I think it's interesting because you do really small canvases, which I, I fucking love, <laughs> by the way. Um, yeah, thanks. And I don't know, there's something really kind of, like, such a silly word whimsical yeah something whimsical about it yeah it it's totally whimsical because it's like such a big idea mm -hmm. in a small canvas you yeah know? and that's how i think about like who you are you're like almost like an athletic painter <laughs> you know like this athlete who decided to be like i want to paint and just makes these super ambitious paintings you know yeah. and seeing some of your murals is just like holy crap the amount of like manual labor in that mm -hmm. is just insane 
Um, but that's what's like super exciting to me, like at working at such a large scale is like, it's like, yes, I'm, I'm taking up like physical space and I feel like with the with the large scale works and especially the color palette that I use is quite bold. Um, you know, you can't you can't miss the paintings and you know something like I kind of we've had this a brief conversation about this before, but painting gave me I feel like this voice that I didn't always have and you know sometimes mm-hmm. um, I, I became actually became quite used to like keeping things inside and maybe not expressing myself mm-hmm. um and so for me painting is an opportunity for me to finally do that and it's so liberating and freeing and it, and it's 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 just really exciting for me yeah. and working at a large scale i like the feeling you know was while i'm painting it or standing beside it or kind of in it I like how it overwhelms me and mm-hmm. how I have to, you know, like climb a ladder to paint the top of the piece. Or I, I like how the painting almost like looms over me. And some of the yeah. other spaces that I'm really interested in, um, like the spaces of like spectacle and specifically like amusement parks and um, even some religious spaces, everything seems to just be so over the top and large and then your body and the way that you move through this space you become so small and insignificant in a way Mm. and it's like for a moment in time you know you can kind of um give into that and just and let the space take you over and lose yourself in it and Mm. stop thinking about you know everyday (laughs) things everyday burdens everyday you know responsibilities and um temporarily kind of have this sense of relief right yeah have the sense of relief like almost like a release Mm -hmm. yeah i totally get that i feel like you're having so much fun when you're painting (laughs) you know i am and and you know even just approaching it very like experimentally you know just trying things and not having the surfaces become so precious where you get really you know stiff and you don't want to make a mistake and you know i think once you start thinking like that it kind of just like the painting like dies there you know you have to kind of go into it with you know embracing everything embracing the mistakes that you make um you know being open to um, do we introduce ourselves i don't remember if we introduced <laughs> I don't think we did. I don't think we did. I'm Chase, by the way, everybody. Hi, Chase. <laughs> I'm Rasna. Hey, Rasna. Hi. <laughs> and what it was is Memory Palace. Memory Palace. Oh, yeah. so not Castle. What Mind Castle. Mind ca- I'm, I'm no, not, I like I'm I gonna, like Mind Castle. Yeah, Mind Castle is totally better. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, cut you off. No, I just no. wanted to introduce this myself. That's fine. Can you continue <laughs> with it? What? Uh, can you continue? Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, and painting is exciting. What else? What was I saying? Um, yeah, it's like a, it's a space for experimentation. It's a, it's a space to um, I don't know, think through things and try to start making sense of things. And I also think reflection is a really important part of the process. And mm-hmm. it's not about 
painting something and then putting it away and maybe never looking at it again. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of information in one painting. And if you sit and, and actually look at it and look at what's going on and think about what's going on in it, you know, your next step becomes quite clear. Um, and, and I also think it's about just slowing down in general, right. um, slowing down the viewing process mm -hmm. and slowing down the painting process and slowing down your thinking process and, right. you know, just really allowing yourself to think about who you are as like a person, but also that will like fuel what you do as an artist, right? And when I'm thinking about some of the things that I want to address in my work, like um, identity and how, mm -hmm. you know, identity often automatically you think about race and ethnicity and, you know, your cultural background, but there's so much more to identity than that, right? Yes, your ethnicity is a huge part of your identity, but it's not the only thing that makes up who you are. Interesting. Every single life experience that you've had from like a little kid, mm -hmm. anything that you've done and that that excites you or fascinates you or, you know, your hobbies and your roles in your family, like all these things make up your identity and affect the way that you approach materials and surface. And so... I am trying to come up with other ways that I can talk about my identity so that it's maybe not the only thing that can be seen in the work or the only way that the conversation can go. And But I um, think I think up to this point your your overt has been like an ascertain. You know. Um I don't know what you just said. Like, <laughs> well, just like, sorry, I don't mean to use art words, but just like your work has been about your identity um, through like the beginning, you know, um, and mm -hmm. it's been about your journey mm -hmm. through painting. Mm -hmm. And that's what I mean by ascertain, mm -hmm. being uh, certain of what right. you're doing, you know. And I find that like, I find that so brave, you know, because so many artists like just want to just paint a pretty picture mm -hmm. you know and don't want to put anything behind it mm -hmm. um well I, I think that's what making work is also about it's about sharing your story right mm -hmm. whether it's your story my story whoever's story that is like it's so unique to you and that's yeah. what sets your work apart that's what makes it interesting right, right? so it's like trying to share your narrative but also I think it's like keeping it open-ended enough so that, yes, you are getting from the work what you want or you're expressing what you want and mm -hmm. the work means something very specific to you. Mm -hmm. But once you put it out there, I think it's also important that other people can maybe enter the work, um, you know, with their... Um, like enter the work and and be based on their life experiences or who they are as people see something different like it's not they don't have to see the same thing that you see mm -hmm. i think it's actually more interesting when they can share something about your work that maybe you didn't even realize was there because right. they're seeing it and not you you know what i mean yeah yeah so it's also like a space for conversation and then that's when you get to know and learn about people and um, you know, maybe that's when you can have like deeper conversations about the work or more more vulnerable conversations about the work. 
um, through the conversation that the painting might start between two people who might may not have even ever met if, if the, it was if it wasn't for the work or you know whatever maybe mm -hmm. um but yeah even like for me another kind of important and I, I'm I want to hear your opinion on this because like when it comes to using color mm. um I I think color is so much more complicated than I initially thought. Right. And, you know, Did I think... Do you ever have Vieco? No. No? He talk, He talks so much about color. Mm -hmm. I know when I asked him, I was like, why don't you use color in your paintings? He's like, I'm terrified. Of color? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it can be intimidating. Right? Like but... using reds. I feel like red is so strong. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. But it's like... You know, when you grow up in a culture that is, you know, very colorful, mm. I'm super comfortable around color. Yeah. And you know? oh, my God, I think I told you about like me, like being at a South Asian wedding because mm -hmm. I was performing. Yes. Dancing. And yeah, I totally get what you're saying now. Because yeah. um, like, I, I think what I love the most is the. The garments mm -hmm. and the fabric. Mm -hmm. Well, my mom designed around the the wedding, and it's it's like I don't know how to describe it, but like no other, like yeah, I would say like um, there isn't like that many. Well, that's not true. It's just it's it's such intricate like mm -hmm. um, you know design that I'm it just is. like. It, it it and it's like the more you look at the fabric right the more you see you know yeah so my my mom for many years designed indian bridal wear so i kind of grew up in the wedding industry so i was constantly surrounded by you know um textiles and colors and patterns and you know combining textures and combining materials that you maybe normally wouldn't consider combining but when they're together they create like this beautiful movement when mm. you know people are wearing them and so you know from a very young age i i would always kind of like um you know help my mom out and and see how she um designed her her work or how she worked with people in india and you know, what these, you know, the women that would come into my mom's studios, what they were interested in, what they desired. And a lot of it was like bright colors, you know, the brighter the color, the more colors on any single outfit, the more beautiful it was. And every color, there's no such thing as like, I don't know, I think every color is a neutral in like Indian people's minds. So like women would come in and be like, have like a really bright pink or yellow outfit. I love that. And be like, I oh. love that so much. <laughs> like so many people are just so afraid of wearing bright colors and just like seeing that is so nice. Yeah. And like they would want to match jewelry or like a purse or something. But to they this. look good in it. That's the yeah. thing. Like I don't think many people can like pull that shit off. Yeah. No, it's, you know? it's, it's, it's. it's the norm you know it's it like we don't wear like subtle colors especially when we're going out to like a big event or something and that's you know the majority of the people that you know came to my mom's design studio were, had a big event to attend and it was like it was about you know maybe standing out or mm. just kind of um you know even just like the 
like the more intricate something was as well, like the mm. more layers mm. it had, the more different types of fabric that were in on one outfit, the more, you know, the more that people would be attracted to it. And so I would literally sit there and like, you know, after, you know, the shop had closed up or whatever, folding all these like saris and all that. And it's a lot of fabric. So it would take quite a bit of time, but you, you get a really close look at what's going on, on, on these pieces. And it's like color. Yes. But then when you look at the applique and the thread work and how certain things are, you know, sewn onto so the outfits, like sometimes it's sometimes a single piece of thread that was holding something together could be multicolored because of the dyeing process. So it's like layers and layers of color and texture. And then you turn the outfit over and you see all like the inner workings and how everything's being held together. And it's like, it's so crazy. Like I, you could stare at something for hours and just keep on discovering more and more. And then the glitter and the sequence and it's such an overwhelming experience just to look at like a piece of fabric. But you can see the amount of love yeah. that goes into something like that. And I feel like you can't you can't emulate something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's like even when I go to a carpet store, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And I see like the price, I'm like, oh hell no. <laughs> but like I'm just like each one is so different. Yeah. And like if you really look, like none of them are actually done with a machine. They're all done by hand. It, and I've seen people work on these things by hand. It is insane. Oh, God. The hand dexterity for that. Oh, man. Like, I think a lot about labor and just the amount of labor that is put into, like, just um, um, cultural products, mm-hmm. you know, Uh and that's the craziest thing just about North America is everything's just reproduced um, um, by other countries. Like they buy things from out of the countries, mm-hmm. you know, or by machine, you know. No one wants to take the time to do something by hand, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel like that love is transferred into like, you know, like something, mm-hmm. you know. It's transferred into that fabric, it's transferred mm-hmm. into that dress, that mm-hmm carpet like you can feel it yeah you know what i mean but like when you touch like an ikea carpet it's just like dead yeah (laughs) you know and i think that you can you can get that same feeling with like great art too you know like yeah someone has made this someone sat there right and with the paintbrush or whatever tool you use or whatever medium you work with someone sat there with this thing and cared enough about it or it meant enough to them for them to make this and for hours or days or weeks or years or however long it's like yeah sometimes it's years. it's passion right you can sometimes see you can sense years. the passion in there yeah yeah oh my god that's like oh my god that's so amazing to me that like ah oh, yeah I, I i don't know how to describe it <laughs> it's, amazing. it's always amazing yeah it, but it's me. also like that with like good music and film and all this like you can really tell when someone's like dedicated enough time to something mm. where like they're out the outcome of whatever that is is so good and and like hits you on so many different levels and you get excited by it and you know it's you can just feel it it's just a feeling that you get when you, can you know talk s- a little bit more about like the feelings you get from like 
you know, because you talk about amusement parks, mm-hmm. movies, and music. Can you talk about like what these brush strokes or colors or these feelings that you turn into mediums? Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you talk a little about like what those things look like to you? Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like, it's, I don't know, it's difficult. It's difficult to describe the feeling, but it's just, I think I'm, I'm most kind of myself and like at peace and happy when I'm surrounded by like materials, you know, whether Mm. that's fabric or paint or just things even you know i i love like baking (laughs) i just like working with like raw materials and making something from it you know and it's just like you kind of forget everything that's going on around you and you become totally immersed in this space or you know with a project or whatever it may be and I also, I, I felt this feeling when I was a student at Waterloo and like in the science, in the, like a chem lab or something like uh-huh. that, or yeah. bio lab, where right. you just, it's just like this focus. You're focusing on something that you're making and nothing else matters. And for like a moment in time, you can forget about everything that's going on around you and just put all your energy into this painting or right. this whatever it is some of the most satisfying feelings yeah and it's like this like elevated like you feel like it's like a high or something you know like yeah yeah where you're just totally zoned out or zoned in or i get like i I get like head tingles do you get those yeah yeah i get where my body is kind of just like it's like almost in like in excitement yeah like my body's excited exactly and it's like especially when something clicks finally like it you know it's all these things it's exciting it's fun it's you know but it's also it can be like stressful too right because you're like sometimes when you're when you're when you can't figure something out or when you're when you feel like your ideas or it's not coming through and or the material's not working or something like went wrong in the process it's it's like no other (laughs) stress it's just like it's all like it just consumes you right yeah but then when you go ahead sorry no sorry when you when you figure it out it's like the best feeling ever and you're like okay it's like it's like constantly like challenging yourself Mm -hmm. and constantly making yourself uncomfortable right and all these things i think when you challenge yourself and you make yourself uncomfortable Uh you're like taking a step like you're developing your craft and you're making yourself better. And if you're constantly just staying in this comfort zone or not experimenting, or if you're like scared to make mistakes, then you're not going to develop, you're not going to grow as an artist or as a person, right? Mm -hmm. That's how life is too. Like Mm -hmm. you have to sometimes take a risk or make yourself uncomfortable in order to like be better. Yeah, because I feel like I'm more used to um like i look forward to feeling uh unsatisfied mm-hmm. because that's when you know you've done something new well not only that i think what i mean is like sometimes uh you're saying something you don't you're not necessarily trying to align with mm-hmm. and you're trying to figure it out 
yeah it's like figuring out a puzzle like if you're doing like a sudoku or uh word search Mm -hmm. you know um i love word search i'm i'm so good at them yeah it becomes (laughs) like mathematical at that uh at that point in time because you're you're like okay this is not what i'm trying to say right how can i make this know what i'm trying to say and sometimes when i arrive at those moments knowing that like this isn't what i want to say it's still unsatisfying Mm -hmm. and i'm starting to get used to that feeling of like maybe that's not the point to all this is like like getting used to know getting used to being unsatisfied about your work Mm -hmm. and knowing that this is how it's supposed to be yeah is such a hard thing to accept yeah you know and that's a thing like i feel like sometimes some people may avoid that because that's they don't want to feel that way but right. i think you're holding yourself back if you're scared to go there yeah because it, it i feel like i look at painting as not like an achievement yeah well an achievement in like in a larger scale but it's like for me it's more about growth yeah like thinking personal growth you know that's the way i think about my art is like it's not really for anyone else but myself mm-hmm. you know like it's literally for myself if someone learns something from it like i'm happy mm-hmm. you know but i feel like i i think it's so important as an artist to think that way because then you're not trying to like communicate something to somebody else mm-hmm I mean, maybe you are, but, like, I'm not. I'm trying to make sure that, like, I am saying something for myself, saving a piece for myself, mm-hmm. you know, and then other people can enter into the work later on and find something else. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I feel like um, I'd want to be able to make work for other people. I mean, but painting is such a selfish act. You know, it is, you're, you're talking about yourself. You're talking about your wants, your needs, your desires. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think all mediums are kind of like that, right? Yeah. Like you're, I mean, that's what like, I don't know. That's like kind of what like making, making work is like, it's all about kind of you, right? Like you, mm-hmm. I don't know, but I don't, I don't think it's always like, I don't really see it as like something that's like selfish. I actually think it's like it can be really like generative. Like it can start conversations that maybe are more difficult to have without like the work being like this kind of buffer or like or like way to have these conversations. Like I don't know, I'm thinking about like even just like my practice or like some of my friends practices Uh and it's like yeah you're you're talking about or you're addressing some like real shit that you know might be difficult just to have like a conversation or talk to someone about things so directly Mm -hmm. and i feel like with making work it's like a way for you to think through some of these things Mm -hmm. and have a conversation like on a surface Mm -hmm. and then put it out there and then have that continue to generate conversations or you know it i think it it takes almost some of the attention off of like you as a person and the attention becomes like the work and the work becomes a space for this conversation 
or like this dialogue between two people or groups of people mm-hmm. and like it's kind of a way to express yourself without actually having to use words all the time because mm. sometimes putting together those words is like difficult or um like just i don't know super emotional and like sometimes mm-hmm. you just don't want to go there mm-hmm. but if you make the work it's all there mm-hmm. but it's like it can also like it's it's there but that doesn't have to be the only thing that is talked about yeah yeah absolutely i completely agree with you um and that's why i mean it's like a it it, in mostly it's mostly a selfish act you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and you are thinking about so many different things at the same time yeah and i feel like yeah you're on this journey for yourself but you're also doing it because there are some things that you need to say you know Mm -hmm. what i mean Mm -hmm. And I feel like, I feel like in what we are making, I feel like in what we are making, we are saying something for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like we don't know how to do it anywhere else. Yeah, that's why, that's why, Chase, we have decided or chosen to become visual artists. Because then we can use this visual medium Mm. and express ourselves in a way that is maybe difficult to do in other ways. Like we even talked about writing and how writing can be so challenging. But I I mean, I feel like that's where I kind of like, uh, am like, yeah, okay, I get bored. I get so bored of working in the same medium. Yeah. You know, because I don't think I'm trying to achieve, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to achieve really anything. I'm just trying to, find something different um and sometimes i'm trying to say the same thing but i'm trying to see it from a different angle Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's why i do so many things like i i went from painting yeah i went from painting to installation to set design Mm -hmm. and then solely for research for this project and then Mm -hmm. later i feel like it will turn into something else but i feel like as a visual artist, I feel like I don't want to live limit myself down to just a visual, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. So going back to like, like, like uh, Wade Compton, for instance, uh, he talks about a lot about just the, the distance that you have with, I might be reaching here, but he talks a lot about like the distance you have with your, your work. Like, you're so distant from it um, after it's made. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I completely resonate with that. Like, after work's made, I just, I don't think it's, no, it's still a part of me, but I don't think I'm there anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I need Mm. to move on from that. Like, I, like, when I say personal growth, I mean that, like, I literally need to move on to something else. Mm. Um, Which is like i guess like a pattern (laughs) that i feel like i need to kind of break a little bit just to like make sure that like i have like a trajectory right um but that's why i kind of end up going back to painting um but i remember last night we were talking about like these blockages that we put on ourselves Mm -hmm. and i think that most artists are so afraid to think outside of what they do you know what i mean because it it 
it employs them, you mm-hmm. know, it makes them money and they think that like, oh, this is something that I have to do for the rest of my life till the end of time. But no one wants to think outside of that box of working somewhere else because they're so afraid that they won't make it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But I think it's so important to break out of that box, to then come back and then to do it again and then to understand what that block is and to like figure out the shape of that block or like the, the color of that block or whatever that block is. And then just to like almost like not throw it away, but just to like like almost cherish that block. Embrace it. Embrace it. Mm-hmm. You know, what is that block? You yeah. know? And don't put it on a pedestal, but just play with it, you know, put yeah. it in your head, just like, you know, um, you know, and I feel like that's what people talk about when they hear voices in their head, <laughs> you know, because like, I, I like have conversations with myself and my, yeah. and my mind will just say no. I'll be like, why? Oh, I talk to myself all the time. All the fucking time. All the time. Because I'm, I'm like... I live by myself too. And like, sometimes I'll just have full blown conversations out loud. I'm like, Oh, is this weird? (laughs) (laughs) But you actually like, you think through so much when you talk to yourself, Mm. you're having a conversation with yourself and like, yeah, you discover things. You're like, Oh, like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like I do like salt on my eggs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's so funny. (laughs) anyways so should we wrap this up do you want to talk about maybe like very quickly like what you're like making here or like sure uh so i am making uh i'm talking about um an exodus from san francisco um the residents and immigrants of black or black immigrants (laughs) and uh residents of san francisco from the 1800s um uh traveling up the west coast by boat into victoria british columbia um and what i'm trying to figure out is was were there settlements made on the way because that's like over a thousand miles to travel you know so um that's kind of what i'm looking into Mm -hmm. yeah and i am working currently working on this painting um and i'm also like i'm kind of coming off of my show at the broad arts foundation in vancouver and um so this residency i've been using to like think through some of the things that came up as a result of that show thinking about certain conversations that i had in studio visits and trying to process all that information and so i started working on this um large scale piece here which is on like unstretched fabric which is a little weird for me i've never worked that way before but because I'm going to have to like transport it back to Vancouver. It's like kind of a new process, I guess. But um, I've already done sketches for it. And I think it's going to get a lot bigger once I get back to Vancouver. So this is a, definitely a really amazing um, starting point. Um, so right now it's like, I think like eight by 10 feet, but I think it's going to double in size in either direction. But I have to figure that out later. But I'm excited by it. And uh, we're going to go into the printmaking studio this week, which I'm excited about. Yeah, try some new stuff. Mm. And um, and yeah, yeah, no, I'm excited to be here. I'm glad I'm glad that um, I'm also glad that we met here. Yeah, I'm so glad that I'm here. I'm so spooked out, but also like <laughs> loving this experience. Yeah, um, it's awesome. Terrifying, but amazing. 
Yeah. Yeah. Spooky. Love it. Spooky, but Drink cool. it up. <laughs> what did you say? Spookyville? No. <laughs> I said spooky, but cool. Oh. What the hell is a spooky bill? I thought you said spooky bill. I was spooky like, spooky like bill, yeah. castle. What did yeah. you say? Castle, mine, oh, mine castle, mine castle. Yeah, just making up. Love it. All right. Shit is so spooky. Okay. Well, thanks for the chat, Chase. Yeah, man. Uh, I'll see you out there. Yeah. In the field. Yeah. You go get her, tiger. <laughs> <laughs> huge thank you to Chase and Resna for taking the time out of their residency to sit down and check in with one another and share that with us. Um, I had so much fun listening to this conversation a few times and did very little editing because it was really nice just to hear the way they sort of circled into interesting lines of thought. I'm really excited to be bringing you more conversations like these in the coming weeks. And a reminder to check us out on Instagram at Centrum Residencies and also Facebook and to sign up for our newsletter if you are interested in our residency program or in the array of programs that Centrum offers. Those are growing and changing with the times. You will find a lot of different directions that you could go on Centrum's website in terms of music, movement, art practices, and workshops, performances, podcasts. We are, we're busy. We're busy trying to listen to what artists need right now and rise to that task. And we are really grateful that you are here listening and giving us your time. So thank you. Be in touch, reach out, and we will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to this Centrum podcast. The creator and host of On Air is Michelle Hagwood, Program Manager for Artist Residencies. Our cover artwork is by Leon Finley, and our music is by Tabor Dark. Centrum's executive director is Robert Berman. Centrum podcasts are produced by Taven Dotson, Owen Rowe, and Holly Miller. Our executive producer is Joe Gillard. With gratitude and respect, we acknowledge that we broadcast from the traditional lands of the Coast Salish peoples, from the place known by the Sklalem people as Katai, and today called Port Townsend, Washington. Centrum programs are based at Fort Warden State Park in Port Townsend. Centrum was founded in 1973 to foster creative arts experiences that change lives and is dedicated to building a world of greater inclusion through the arts. Other Centrum podcasts include music from the Centrum archives, interviews with teaching artists, and readings from the Port Townsend Writers' Conference. To subscribe to any of our podcasts or to support or participate in Centrum programs, visit our website at centrum.org. Thank you for listening. This podcast is copyright 2020 Centrum Foundation.